wonderful thing to come to Christ and the freedom that we have in Christ. We have an identity in Christ and his spirit comes to live within us. But I have a heart that's burdened for those people who only make it part way because there's things in their lives that just keep them from moving forward, who need breakthrough. So yes, for those who haven't made a decision I seriously plead with you to, to make that decision because we were all created for eternity. Some will, some will spend eternity with the presence of, of God, the Holy Spirit, and Christ the Son. The other place is a dark place and there's no peace. I don't want anybody to go there. But Please take a burden on your heart to pray for those people who are stuck, have things in their lives that aren't letting them go forward. My heart's heavy for them. So I ask you to pray with me because there are people who need breakthroughs. Sorry, I'm just going to tag on to what John was saying. But the Lord is saying today that are you finding life a little bit taxing and your situations a little bit hard because it's tax season today? Are you finding that you're going to have a heavy IOU on your balance sheet? So the Lord is saying today that take, take your balance sheet and give it to him. Give your life over to him because that's the freedom. That's the ultimate freedom. Thank you. That was great. Thank you so much, Sean, for uh, being bold to share that. Um, it really confirmed something for me that uh, I was just really wrestling with... Um, a phrase that I've heard in the past many, many years ago from uh, Uncle Steve, and it was in by attraction or in by revelation. And a lot of people, um, not so much today because the church isn't so attractive broadly, but a lot of people look at the church as being something attractive or Christians as being something attractive or the blessings of God as being something attractive. And so they want a piece of that. They want to be part of that. And they're in by attraction. But the truth is that we're in by revelation. And what that means is God revealing himself. God revealing himself to us and revealing our need for him. And many, many, many of us have gone through that of really understanding the full cost because being in by attraction means as soon as the good glow of something that's great that attracted you to the church or attracted you to religion or attracted you to be a disciple of Jesus, something that attracted you, that can wear off. But the revelation, the revealed will of God in your life is what holds you in the tough times. And that's what we need to share that message. Like what um, Suzanne was, and Richard experienced yesterday with so many people out on the streets sharing the gospel. That's the time that we're living in right now. That the world needs the revealed uh, knowledge of the living God. Yesterday we had a church cleaning bee. I was working out in the back. And there's a lot of oak leaves, lots and lots and lots of oak leaves. And I wanted to work outside because it's a beautiful day. So I was out there and I was looking at the massive pile. And I was thinking, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. And this guy drove by in a beaten up old uh, truck and uh, pulls over and says, hey, you know, you want me to help you? I'm a carpenter and I know how to do this and I know how to do that and, you know, I can fix anything and I, you know, always looking for work and, you know, just, uh, you know, do you want me to help you? And I said, well, actually, we're not a very rich church. We don't have very much money. You know, really couldn't pay you. So, yeah, thanks for your offer, but no thanks. And uh, the guy said, oh, okay, no problem. And he drove away. And I was thinking, Kevin, was that probably the best way to, like, 
interact with somebody that God brings to you. <laughs> and I was thinking about, if I had another chance, what would I say? You know, and I was just thinking of how that, you know, processing that. 20 minutes later, the guy drives back. His name's Mark. And he says, you know, I got nothing else to do today. I'll just help you anyways. Wow. So we get working together. It's really awesome. And just kind of dialoguing with this guy. He's really rough around the edges. He's, you know, swearing a lot and joking a lot. Kind of uh, just, but really, you could feel a good heart in him. And so as we got talking, he says, you know, I'm an agnostic. I believe there's a higher power, but I don't know because there's so many, so many higher powers. But I believe there's a higher power. And, you know, I thought about that. Like, we didn't get a chance. I didn't pray for him. I didn't have a sinner's prayer. There's no big ending in this that says hallelujah. But I just believe when, Sean, you were standing up there, I believe that's for somebody here, but I also believe that's for Mark. And I just believe that there's people out there that we just need to reach out to and bring them in. The revealed glory, will, and love of God will bring them in by revelation, not by attraction. I was looking for a blank piece of paper, my Bible, but I didn't have a blank one. But the amazing thing today is there's a blank piece of paper here, and it's we didn't have a plan today. God had a plan today for what's happening right now. Man has not written anything down, and it's just happening. And and. That's, that's when, when, you, when you get to know God. That happens more and more. You're just in the situation and you respond. You don't make it happen or anything. We're going to partake of communion today. But I, I just thought, in case there's new people, please, please be comforted. This is how it's going to work. Richard's going to come and he's going to share about communion. And while that's happening, Bill and Brown are going to pass uh, a little cup of juice and a cracker. And you're, you're more than welcome to take, partake of that. And, it, and if it's, it's totally on the parents for the children, we don't worry about that. But that's what's going to happen. And we're, then we'll all partake together. And if you happen to forget that and take it, not to worry there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Bless you. I, this is, there's something going on today. God is going on today. So just, just be comforted. And don't just relax. It's all good. Praise God. and I didn't know if I read it or not. Usually I put a tick beside the page that I read already. Uh, and there's no tick there. So I don't know if I read it or not or folded it over for a day and forgot about it. Maybe we need to hear it again. Well, I'll give you a little overview on that one uh, because it, it really ties in with the one that I wanted to read today. Uh, the overview was um, uh, just... I, uh, yeah, about take, how you take communion and, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll read it. What the heck, and maybe I'll get the next one next time. Uh, eating fresh. 
Therefore, brethren, having bold, uh, boldness to enter the holies by the blood of the Lamb, uh, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He can, uh, consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, Hebrews ten nineteen and twenty. When God provided manna for the children of Israel in the wilderness, Moses told the people, let no one leave any of it till morning, Exodus 16, 17, uh, 16, 19. Does anybody recall this one? Did I read it? No? Okay. Um, when some of them did not heed Moses' word and kept some till the next morning, it bred worms and stank. This reminded me of the law that the children of Israel had to observe when they brought the peace offering for thanksgiving. The flesh of the sacrifice for his peace offering for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day it is offered. He shall not leave any of it until morning, Leviticus 7, uh, 15. These two verses speak of partaking fresh and not leaving manna or meat or the meat for the sacrifice uh, to turn stale. In the same way, whenever we partake of the Holy Communion, let's ask the Lord for a fresh revelation of what he did for us at the cross. Let's not ever become so familiar with the Holy Communion that we start seeing it as a common and ordinary. Uh, and ordinary. We are beholding the broken body of the Son of God and drinking his shed blood. Would you like to have a fresh revelation of the Holy Communion? In today's scripture passage, God tells us that, uh, that through the cross, our Lord Jesus consecrated a new and living way for us to draw near to God, not with fear and trepidation uh, by, the, uh, by the boldness, he allowed his own flesh to be torn so that we can have free access to his loving father today. I want to draw your attention to the ordinary Greek word used for new here. In the word, uh, it is the word professed. I, I can't pronounce it, sorry. And it means lately laughtered, freshly killed. Oh, fr lately slaughtered, freshly killed, sorry. Why did the Holy Spirit use the unusual word here? Because when we've, uh, uh, whenever we partake of the Holy Communion, God does not wanna, uh, want you to partake as though you are comm uh, commemorating a historic event that took place long ago. The cross transcends time. As you partake of the Holy Communion in remembrance of him, see your Lord Jesus before you as though you, you are right there at Calvary. See your Lord Jesus freshly slain, hearing all your, uh, bearing all your sickness and carrying all your pains. Don't partake ridiculously but press in for a fresh revelation of his love that demonstrates, demonstrated at the cross. I love it when God opens our, our eyes. Well, that's today's thought. I love it when God opens our eyes to see Jesus afresh. He doesn't want us to live on past revelation of Jesus. For he's, his mercy are new every morning. Lamentation uh, 3.23 the new revelation, uh, the more revelation you get of his finished work, the more you will receive the impartation of, of faith for any need, even the se uh, uh, seemingly impossible ones. Hallelujah. Today's prayer, Father God, thank you for the new and living way that the Lord Jesus opened for me to draw near to you with boldness as I partake of the Holy Communion. Help me to see his freshly slain bear, uh, bearing all my sickness and carrying all my pain. 
I believe the power of the cross as transcends time, and you are causing a benefit of the cross, healing, restoration, healing, restoration, favor, and supply to flow into my life right now. Amen. So Lord, I ask that you would give each of us fresh revelation this morning as we pause before you, as we reflect on the work of Calvary, of your sacrifice, of your great, great love for us. We say yes to fresh revelation, Lord. Jesus, we honor you. We honor you. Father, we honor you that you would give your only son. If we had to give up one of our kids, we couldn't do it. And you can't, yet you gave up your only son. And Jesus, you were obedient to the death of the cross because you knew the plan and the purpose of salvation. So we honor you for it. We say thank you. And we thank you for this cracker which represents your body broken, mutilated, bruised, torn, tormented for us so that we could be free. And we take this cracker now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you for this cup of juice which represents the blood of Jesus shed for us. We thank you for the power of the blood, the power of the blood, the cleansing power, the redeeming power, the healing power. And we say yes as we partake now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to jump in. Oh, I just wanted to let any guys know that are interested. Uh, men's breakfast uh, is this coming Saturday at the Hope Mountain Cafe at 7 o'clock it starts. You can arrive at 6.45. And our own very own Bill uh, Mullen will be speaking, so uh, sharing his testimony. Okay, thanks, guys. 7 o'clock this Saturday morning. Bruce is getting worried. I just wanted to thank everybody that um, came to clean the church yesterday. And many people were just talking about the parallels in cleaning house, where we're cleaning the house of the Lord, but, you know, we were getting into corners where we don't usually vacuum, and we were, we were, you know, Sean was up on a ladder getting all the cobwebs that were way up there, on, you know, places we don't usually go. And then we got rid of a bunch of stuff that was no longer serving us well. So, like, it was, it's, just a, it's a parallel of what God is doing in each of us right now. So I'd say embrace it because uh, he is, he's doing new things. And I just wanted to share this new thing because I felt like the Lord said maybe there's someone here who this, for whom this will be significant. But when the worship team was practicing this morning and Suzanne was just like, whoa, flowing in the spirit, he started praying for us all and anointing us with oil. And, um, and when we prayed for Michelle... I started praying in this tongue I'd never prayed in before, and it and I'm praying from Shell, and then it was like boom! I'm overcome with the fact that I think it was Japanese, and then the, the Lord just reminded me that I've heard prophecy that when Japan comes, when the land of the rising sun sees the real sunrise, that will look for His coming. So I don't know if there's somebody that's praying for Japan, but that was so out of the blue. So God's doing cool things. This is how God works. This is how God works. I no more knew what was going to happen today than you did. And God does not want us to quench his spirit. 
We had a great time yesterday. On the bottom of the sheet, I think it was number 15 on Sue's choices of things that we had to do. It said, have fun. We had fun. And if, and if you couldn't be here, that was great too. I trust that you had fun wherever you were at and whatever you were doing. And there were miracles yesterday. We, I mean, Jesus has nothing on Teresa. She fed a multitude of people on three medium pizzas. We had fun. And we're allowed to experience joy in Christ Jesus. Because all of us, all of us, don't be deceived. All of us are going through something. Is your house in order? That came up yesterday. I heard someone say that. And I'm going, you know, I'm working on some stuff in my life that I've let languish for a long time. You know, when you first get saved, the, the, there's stuff right in front of you, and it's easy. When you've been Christian for a long time, there's some things that aren't so easy. But he's calling us in this season to take care of those things. And it is going to be very hard for you to run from them. He is not going to let you go. There was, there's been times when he's allowed me to run when life was easy. Life was easy. Did I say that? <laughs> Praise God. But we have a Lord and Savior that's there. He's here right now for us. Might have been a little different for people. But I, I got to tell you, God was in charge. I had no idea what was going to happen. We don't converse. We don't make a plan. We don't write it all down. We don't have a program God has the program. He has your program. He has things that he wants you to do. He has things that he wants me to do. And you, you might not even like me. But you've got to love me. There's no choice on that. There isn't. Um... Just got that. Just got that one. <laughs> I wonder. Does anyone have anything else to share? I just thought I'd open that up. So there's an opportunity for everyone to come up here. <laughs> there you go, Hannah. Perfect. It's all good. It's all good. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you. Yeah. I think they're inside out and not matching. <laughs> um, I bet she has another pair just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, this weekend I went um, to a conference. It was a, it's like a prophecy night. Um, you can ask me more about it at a different time. But I just wanted to share one of the main messages that was spoken out there. And it was a story about from the speaker's life, and she was talking about this rose. And she loved roses, and her first husband had bought her this rose bush that grew massive and beautiful. And she was so proud, and people would come and drive by and stop just to look at the roses. And uh, she'd be like, oh, look what I've done. And then one day, her husband, who she had never grown anything in her life before, her husband came by and um, started cutting, cutting the rose bush. And she runs out, and she's Latina, so um, she's very energetic, charismatic, maybe. And she runs out, and she says, what are you doing? You're killing it. And he's cutting off all these branches, cut, cut. And he's grown, like, everything um, in his lifetime. And he says three words, or three things to her that she said, you never say to a Latina. Calm down. <laughs> what are you talking about? Calm down. Um, and it was, trust me. And she's like, trust you, you're, you're killing it. It's, you're cutting everything away. And then he said, you don't understand. He said, you're looking through the eyes of an observer. I'm looking through the eyes of a gardener. And 
he said, just wait three summers and this rose bush will grow way bigger than you can ever imagine because I can see the potential. Yes, the rose bush was good. It was beautiful. It is beautiful. It is good. And because it's good, I'm going to make it greater. And she said, the whole point was that God prunes us. And what an honor it is to be pruned by God. And he doesn't prune us when we're doing super poorly. You're not going to prune a withered rose bush. He prunes us when we're producing fruit. So he says, this is good, and I can see that it's going to be greater. And at the end, the three summers ended up by happening. And she said it had grown so massive, they had to cut the windows out and cut out the driveway. And people would come to town and see her rose bush. And she said there was one time she was sharing this story in the US. And someone in the crowd said, I have the photo still. It was that beautiful. People would open their windows just to smell the fragrance. And so isn't it good news that while we're being pruned, Satan never will prune us, but God chooses to prune us because he sees the potential. I just wanted to reveal to you something that the Lord showed me uh, in the last week. He was showing me when I was asking him, what's with all this? There's a revival here. There's people that are in the younger ages coming to Christ. They're gathering together and praying, not just in North America, but there's all across the world. I, I asked him, so is this just another one of those short revival things? He says, no. He says, I'm preparing the people for the supper of the Lamb. He says, I want them to be ready, and I want them there. I've already put their names on the table. They've got to be there. So I, I thought, wow, that's, that's beyond what I expected. <laughs> you know, he says, it, all this is just the beginning of what I'm doing to get them there. was watching uh, a football game and they interviewed a player who had gone through a lot of uh, he called it testing and um, some people are pretty out there about Jesus but what he said was was spoke to my heart there's there's the testing and then there's the testimony So you go through something, and sometimes you don't always understand why you might be going through it. But then you have the testimony. Suzanne shared about all these people coming. I was, I was at the Moose, and uh, I was getting to know someone there. Before you can counsel, you have to get to know someone. You need to have some kind of a relationship. And so that ended, and I walked out, and I was getting into my car, and this couple walked by. I went and talked to them, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Then Connie came by, chatted with Connie for a little while. And then Dave came by. And uh, Dave asked me how Jan, and most of us know Dave, asked me how my wife was doing. I said, well, you know, we, we had an exceptional time at the cancer clinic this week. And he wept. Now, this is, this is a guy that's an alcoholic. Just wept. Then I wept. Then he left, and then John came. <laughs> so John and I chatted. I didn't have a chance to go. <laughs> And, and I, I didn't want to go. So 
So, for those of you who don't know, and I've shared it before, but we're being tested. I, I don't even, you know, and I don't really like that expression. But my wife and I, are, we're going through four-stage ovarian cancer. Don't ever Google that if you don't want to know the worldly truth about what that means. I touched on it briefly one day and quickly Googled to something else. That was when we first started this journey. I think we're at 40 chemos now. And we're, we're on a clinical, clinical drug where you have a chance to get a placebo, a 50% chance to get a placebo, or a 50% chance to get this um, immune, immunotherapy drug. And you get it every six weeks. And then you get all these other chemo ones in between, and you visit the it's a trip to, it's a two-year gig. You go to Chilliwack every, or pardon me, Abbotsford every Wednesday. Every third week, you go Tuesday and Wednesday. So it's a commitment. And my, my wife's been a rock. I've been a piece of silly putty. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't know how many times I told her how proud I am of her. And her faith, your faith, her faith, that mustard seed of faith that is Smaller, well, about the size of a pinhead. I was looking at it. And do you know what that little mustard seed, it says we just need to have faith as a mustard seed? Do you know how big the tree grows? 30 feet. And it starts out that little thing. And if we just have that little mustard seed size faith, we're in. In my walk and in my, my Christian life, you know, when I'm f- trying to find out answers when you're young and foolish and all of that, and, and I was with a group of people and we ran, or, and they were mature, but we ran to everything that was happening. And I'm going, God, it, I'm simple. Show me what this faith is. And... I, I still really don't know, but I have faith. I'm getting arthritis. I rebuke that. I still got the arthritis. Dealing with Jan and, and, and other things, there's, there's a whole mitt full of things. And on top of that, my feet started to swell up like balloons. And I didn't know what that was about. Put up with that for, I don't know, three or four months. And then I got fed up. And I said, God, I don't need the fat feet. I have all these other things. Please take the fat feet away. Guess what? They went away. Do I have, this, do I have the golden key? <laughs> no. But a mustard seed, if we have that, that mustard seed's got to have so much faith because it's on its own. And it gets watered and the sun goes and it grows. Jesus. Jesus. A mustard seed. That's us. So we're at the... I shared, maybe, I can't remember, three weeks ago about that, that the oncologist and the two nurses that were in the room when we were discussing where Jan was at, and it was, was fairly positive. <laughs> every time you get, <laughs> it's crazy, every time you get a chemo drug, the nurse that's helping you has to get another nurse to come and verify that you're getting the right drug. And they both look at it together and they say, now, Janice, what's your last name and when's your birthday? So, MC, the Every time. Can you imagine how many times 
I mean, this has been a three-year thing. And so, <laughs> me being who I am, the nurses walked into the room, the oncologist walked in the room, I said, last names and your birthdays, please. <laughs> they giggled and laughed. Then something, I'm going to use shifted. We kind of use that. Something shifted this past uh, Tuesday was an oncologist. We get, we get the clinical nurse first. And she comes into the room. And she sits down. And she says to my wife, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're doing so well. You know why? Because there's nobody left. In that program. And I said to her, I said, well, maybe I need to tell you about the 10,000 people that are praying for my wife. And it's not far off. My, my brother-in-law is a pastor in Okotoks. Their church is praying. And just, it's all over the place. Jan's sister, they have, that church is praying. God is in this. And this, this lady says, it would be really depressing for us if you weren't here. Because we have no one left. And, and, Crystal, you tell Marcus this when you get home. Because two weeks ago, Marcus had a word for my wife. And it was from God. And it was, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He stared at me, pointed at me. Now, Bruce, that's for your wife. Now, did I get it? right then? No, I didn't. Sometimes you got to wait till you have that revelation. We've been talking about revelation. If you didn't get a revelation here right now today, wait. Because God's going to do something in you. This, this just, it was just crazy. I'm going, the nurse leaves. I said, Jan, did you hear this? Of course, I wasn't crying at all. Was weeping and laughing. Anyways, Marcus said that. And I'm going, God, please, I need to know. And Marcus said, well, Bruce, here in the church service said, she's, she's, just, she's just in the shadow. It's the shadow of death. It's not death. Then... Then I thought, the other people have died. So then the, 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 the nurse leaves, and the oncologist comes in, and she's, I'm, I'm not sure, she always wants Jen to do yoga. Jen says, no, I'll, I'll pray. She says, oh, that works too, you do that. So we've We've, we're taking, we decided we need to have a little break where we set up holidays for summer. And the oncologist was dancing in the room. Oh, you guys got to go away. This, you guys are doing so well. Remember one time, I don't know, a year and a half ago, they were saying something had happened and I'm sitting there and you know, everybody's sober in the room. I said, is this something we can be happy about? <laughs> it's like you, you get all the jargon, the, the things that they say, and it doesn't always mean what you think. <laughs> like, free from cancer is what the oncologist said. Well, it doesn't really mean what we all want it to mean or what we think it means. Because the cancer came back. That was after the first nine cycles. And then we get a call from uh, Jan's cousin and, a wife, and his wife. And she, is, she has some prophetic in her. And they want to come and visit us. 
They want to pray for Jan. Live in Coquitlam. And they want to come up here and pray for us. And she said, it's the closing of a door. But you know how bold she was? She says, that's what I see. But I don't know what it means. But the revelation will come. That's next. The oncologist says, Jan, you're breathing so much better. Praise God. God is in this. With the test comes the testimony. It's thick. It's thick sometimes. But you'll get there. The testimony. We have a testimony. I think that's all I have. All I have is Jesus. Do I screw up? Yeah. All the time. But grace... Remember grace, 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 grace. There's nothing that you've done in your life that can't be covered by grace. Nothing. I mean, Marcus could have just sat there and not said that. Not got up and said, hey, this is for Jan. And then it, and it meant something. It, it meant something in the room with the oncologist and the nurse. God. You're all we got left. Goodness. And then I start praying for the people. And the families that lost their people. Can't even imagine. God wants us to cry out. It says that. Man, I've cried out a bunch of times. I go outside and when I don't want my wife to see me crying, I go outside and cry out and cry. Come back in. Oh, where were you? Oh, I was just outside looking at the beautiful flowers. <laughs> Not. <laughs> that's that's my, my poor Jan lost her parents. She looks out and see the crocuses and she says, oh, I should phone my mother. Oh, no, she's in heaven. I'll have to tell her later. It's been a ride. God is good. And I don't... I, I've, I've done the positive confession thing and the word faith thing. I don't know. I got... My, my feet aren't swollen because I cried out. And there's all these other things that we're praying about, but he unswells my feet because I'd had enough. <laughs> God, I don't need any more. Our God is a gracious God. He's real and he's there to meet your needs. Doesn't disappear. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He hasn't. Have I been good all the time? No. <laughs> Do I come back? Yes. Because that's, that's the way it works. I was um, sharing with someone about what I'm going to share next. And I, and I, I was, the, the, the whole mustard thing, mustard seed thing, I'm starting to realize that it isn't the quantity of faith that we have. It's the quality of faith that we have. Jesus said to those, when they came and said, oh, and, and, they, and they were trying to get a demon out of a little boy, and the disciples couldn't do it. They came to Jesus and she says, well, you guys need a little faith. I'll tell you this, though. If you had a mustard, and he had given him per, them permission. He had said, you have power to do this. And they still couldn't do it. Because they were trying to do it on their own. So then Jesus took care of it. Cast the demon out of the little boy. Sue shared about transfiguration. Well, this is, this is a little bit after the transfiguration. And I thought, I thought, 
when Jan, Jan said to me, you know, this was, this was a while ago. It was, it was, almost, it was our three-year anniversary of this whole thing. It was the only time I ever saw a, ch- a chink in her armor. You know, I just wanted them to tell me that I was healed. <laughs> I said, so you're a little bummed. Poor expression, but it's the only one I have today. And I said, gee, I wonder, and I'd been, I'd, I'd been studying this beforehand. I said, do you, do you know that, Jan, that Jesus was a little bummed a few times? Maybe it's not the word you use with Jesus, but... The Garden of Gethsemane. And I've been studying that. And I, as when I was with my friend the other day, I said, you know, do you know what Gethsemane means? And he goes, yeah, oil press. Oil press. Do you know that the more you press olive oil, the more oil you get? Oh, man. Matthew 26. Thirty-six to forty-six. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, "Sit here while I go over there and pray." He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus was sorrowful and troubled. But you know what that's about? It says that he's. In his life, he had to face all the things that we do. But he he didn't sin. He was sorrowful and troubled. I think in some translations, he prayed so hard that he sweat blood. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as as I will, but as you will. Take this cup from me. Hmm. wasn't really positive confessing. He was speaking the truth to his dad, to his father. God, father, if, if, if you can take this away from me, if you can, but I understand your will. And it was one of the only times that his father didn't answer him back. Because he had to go through this. He had to take on the sin of the world for us. Because the sin of the world is, that was us. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Pretty interesting that he said that to Peter. That you wouldn't fall into temptation, which is what, I mean, Peter kind of fell after that. Denied Christ. And he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible... For this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. He came back. He came back around. Said, okay, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do this. Gethsemane, uh, uh, an oil press. And there were olive oil trees there too. (laughs) 
Oil was pressed out. Jesus was pressed. And, and his... Uh, what, just a minute here. The oil symbolizes divine presence. And it talks about the oil being the Holy Spirit. Something that was to come for us later. Pentecost. It's a plan. There's this plan. It was like today. There was a plan for us today. Maybe someone. Maybe someone. God is, God is touching their heart right now. And you want, you want what he has for you. Because he knows your name. He knows your name. He even knows my nickname. Jesus. But he knows all of you by name. And it said, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. But it says he died for the world. He died for everybody. But you got to make a choice. And that's what Jesus did. You know, sometimes we want to get so involved. But he only asks us to plant and water. He's the increase. Jesus would take people. It's your choice. But he say to Judas, go do what you got to do, friend. He still called Judas friend. Do what you got to do. And, and Jesus hung in with Judas a long time. Did not give up on him. And he, and he, he knew. Jesus knew. Go do what you got to do, friend. Just, I just, I, I, I can't, I keep seeing that press just, just squeezing, pressuring. I mean, Jesus alone, and he was still praying to his father, but he knew what he had to do. And he did it for us. I, the greatest single act in the entire world is this. We're talking about nothing was bigger than this. Nothing. This. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. I was reading the concordance and the, the one that was the, the oil press. The more it pressures, the more oil is produced. He is, he is pouring us out. He's going, okay, guys, this is the season. And there's things going on in our lives that he, that he can take care of. He says that. And I, you know, I don't, I don't have it. I mean, people come to me and say, well, you know, your wife's healed. I said, well, I, I know she's being healed. Because that's true. I believe that's true. My goodness. Look what's happening. And there's still, there's still, I mean, they, they, they would poke and prod her and touch her and say, well, okay, the, the tumors, yeah, and they, they look at the, the, the scan, and it's like, oh it's, a, oh, it's about four centimeters. Well, now they can't find it with their hands. A machine's got to say how big it is. Let me tell you, we've had, it hasn't been, I mean, it hasn't been perfect in the eyes of the world, but we've had a great week.
We, we had a great time cleaning the house, cleaning the church. A multitude of people f- fed by three medium pizzas. Oh, I'm never going to forget that. But the, I, everyone, and everyone was invested in what we were doing. God wants us to be invested in Him. Jesus, Jesus never sinned because He was always in the will of the Father. But He cried out to God, cry out to Him. If your feet swell, cry out to Him. Whatever's in your life right now, cry out to him, and he will hear you. And it might not, I mean, that's the thing about God. You, you pray something, sometimes you've got to wait. What does it say about waiting? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. I had to wait. Jan and I had to wait three weeks for God's word to come to fruition. The, the word that Marcus shared in church, that, you, that you, if you were here, you heard that. And it, man, blew my mind when, when I figured it out. It, what was really sad is people died. So there's nothing in your life that's too big for him. And we talked about, we, we talked about salvation and accepting Jesus. There is nothing in your life that's bigger than God's grace. Well, you knew I was going to get around to grace. Grace. My grace is sufficient for thee. Praise God. And he washes it clean. Your slate's clean once you accept him. Your slate's clean. And your life will never be the same. Will it be peaches and cream? No. Not all the time. But he's there all the time. Praise God. Sue kind of, there were so many things that I was going to share about today that these people that were coming up all the time were sharing. (laughs) Praise God. You know what that means? The same Spirit's doing the same thing in all of us. You, You talk to Steve and all the churches and the people that he talks to, we're doing, it's the same things happening. That's the Holy Spirit work in our lives. Jesus, Jesus. So, I want to bless you today. I mean, just just listen. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. He knows your name. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Give you peace. I'm going to put it all together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace. Peace in a strange world strange world but he's what does he say he's overcome the world no matter how bad it gets he's overcome the world so i extend maybe we could play a song but if if you want to pray if you want us to pray for you We'll do that today. You want to accept Jesus? We're in that too.
Thanks for listening.